Hello and welcome to the 27th episode of the second ever season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. We're titling it off the top, the most bitter pod ever recorded. You're, you're, you're I thought we'd go on with the most anti-Richmond pod ever recorded. Bit bitter about Richmond. Yeah, but, you know, we do we want to bury the lead? I thought we just wanted to get straight to the point, let people know why we were angry. We are very, very angry. Oh, God, I hate well, I'm just always angry. You've <laughs> yeah, just well, joined me. See, so you're normally bitter on these sort of things when someone's happy. On these sort of things. There's never a time I'm not bitter. I'm <laughs> exactly. still not with a flag. I will be bitter. I normally calm you down. This time I'm going to aggravate you tenfold because I hate... I reckon I hate Richmond at least as much as you. I reckon I'm even yeah, pushing yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, God, I, God, I'm angry. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. But anyway... To uh, slightly, slightly mitigate our hatred of them, uh, we brought in. God, he's gonna cop it. We we've brought in a special guest, and he's only a guest at this point because he never shows up otherwise. Uh, it's James Vicamp, erstwhile producer. G'day, boys. I'm here to defend. Fuck the, off, man. I'm, I'm here to defend the. <laughs> Get out of here. Come on, let me speak. I'm here to defend the integrity of my team and reveal the truth integrity. of the, the truth of the situation. Uh, just a just a warning. We're not gonna let you speak. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let's get to it. Um, should we start with Adelaide or should we start with Richmond? No, we're starting with Gold Jack and Green Jack. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> you idiot. So um, I just figured we only had two camps to pick from. We put it away. Also, I didn't. Yeah, I fucked up. Never mind. Anyway, so everyone's favourite team with Gold Jack and Green Jacket, uh, where we pick the most meaningless uh, game of the round. At- the line comes from Happy Gilmore, the quote gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit. And uh, just because I'm really, really pissed off, the, the obvious choice this week, uh, Richmond defeated GWS by 36 <laughs> points. So to Richmond, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Does anyone give a shit about Richmond? There is a, lo- there is a logical inconsistency here that I think we should acknowledge. <laughs> you can be this pissed off about them, you care. I love that Like the whole point of this is to... like. Name the teams that like are not going to make the grand final, and this is the game that's like decided the grand final. Can you think of anyone who actually cares about what Richmond are doing right now? Oh, I can't. Well, you think mean of the ninety thousand Richmond fans in the stadium, <laughs> and every every other person who's interested in AFL footy at all. Um, but <laughs> I didn't come up with one in that time. Did you say something that would have uh, indicated who cares? Because I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, how bloody painful were the crowd this week? Yeah, it sucked. It was really, really annoying. I, reckon was... I think I sat next to the dumbest person I've ever listened to at the football. He just kept screaming at Deledio that they were, We're paying your salary, Deledio. One, not really an insult. <laughs> Two, the 17th time I think everyone around you got the point. I was sick of him. God, I hate Richmond sports. I reckon there was a different sort of a, a vibe to this this crowd as there was to the first final. The first final, there was, was a bit of... arrogant. Yeah, absolutely. The first one, there was a bit of surprise and a bit of just... It was just kind of like that overwhelming The first one was like joy. a Melbourne crowd. Oh, we don't know what success is, so let's be happy about it. Yeah, really good imitation of Melbourne crowds. <laughs> um, but this time there was like, that, for two weeks, everyone... Yeah, actually, been, a Richmond impression of a Melbourne... Yes, whatever. <laughs> for two weeks, everyone had been sort of rattling on about how good the Tiger Army are, how, how big an influence they Same impression I did. <laughs> Sh- <laughs> shut up! Just we're meant to be on the same team here. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like they just came along with this like conscious effort to try to be as unbearable as possible, to just try to be as loud as they could and think that they're giving their team an advantage. And it really got it, it boiled my blood a little. Bit. Are you saying it didn't give an advantage? Of course, it gave an advantage. You've been given every bloody advantage. Gave, still it actually gave a ridiculous advantage. The bold one, especially, really caved to the uh, 
What was it? The uh, noise of affirmation. The amount of like 50-50 holding the balls Richmond got. See, I actually said at halftime that I was super impressed with the umpires. I thought that they hadn't got sucked in. They'd given quite a few, like, sort of 50-50 sort of free kicks to GWS, which were probably there. I, I was quite impressed. And then the third quarter, it was just, it was so obvious. The amount of crowd frees that they gave. Mm. Um, I felt so sorry for GWS in this game. I actually thought it was super impressive for them to do what they did for the first half. When, when Richmond kicked those first two goals and the crowd were doing what they were doing, I thought GWS are stuck. Not many teams would have, like, a lot of people's eardrums would burst under that kind of pressure. And GWS stood up and were the better side for the first they half. Were definitely I don't, the under- better side I don't understand half. how Richmond were ahead at halftime. Exactly. Well, I do. Jonathan Patton's an idiot. But other than that, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you can blame Jonathan Patton in, the, in that situation. So the, the Jonathan Patton handballs it over, at, like, we're, like give, giving away a set shot, and the siren goes. When like, you he, look, he, doesn't, he doesn't know the time. There's 32 minutes gone on the clock. But, like, Kobe he, Green's running into an open goal. I mean, like, it's, uh, it's yeah, the thing I you're always trying to do. Yeah, I don't think he can blame him. Like, he, don't, he didn't really know how long it was left. No, but you knew that it's close, and you don't take the risk, especially when it's not that hard a shot. In hindsight, you can yell at him. You can have a go at him. But I, you, it's, not a, it's not a terrible sin. It was a bit unlucky. It was pretty funny. Should I say my take on this? Sure. Go no, ahead. No, get out. <laughs> Go ahead. So I, I would argue that if this is the reverse situation and that Richmond, so let's say Jack Real handles it over to Dan Butler and the siren goes, I think there's such an outcry from the 90,000 Richmond fans there and all the Richmond fans outside that they're so angry and there's such like pressure in the media to allow the players to know the time left that I think the AFL bows to it. And there's a history of the AFL bowing to like crowd mentality. I think that's a bit of a reach. I don't think that would actually Hold on. happen. Their integrity is like nowhere to be found at the moment. It's you can't see, you can't see that happening. I, I don't mind the opinion for the fact that it does sum up why I hate Richmond because they think they're entitled to more than anyone else and they think they can change the rules above anyone else. But I, I don't think that would actually happen in that situation. That's too much just like a, a part of the game. The fact that you, the players don't know how long is left. I, yeah, just, I don't think people would We're getting rid of the bounce though. There's not many too much part of the games that aren't going to, willing to be touched. Yeah, they got rid of the pump, except they didn't. <laughs> transition. Let's talk about Cochin. We're doing that now? Or well, we're doing that in well, I figured oh, I had a really mate. awkward transition to go on with, so let's do it. What an absolute joke. Someone should uh, be fired. They, no, they should all be fired from the match review panel. And then the one person that had a conscience should resign saying, I can't handle this sort of... Uh, completely farcical arrangement we've got going on. That is two weeks down to one suspension every day of the week. And they didn't even cite him. That is the definition of what the AFL have been trying to outlaw for the last five years. A player had his head over the ball and you bump him in the head and concuss him. That is a suspension. That is a suspension during home and away. That is, If it was the other way around and Shield had bumped Cochin and then GWS... We're playing in the grand final. She would be gone without question. It's just because it is the Richmond captain in a grand final. And that is so wrong. And God, I hate Richmond. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? So No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why would it be a results-based system? Well, why would they, so if Shield doesn't get concussed, Colchin doesn't get pinned. Like, See, look, that seems absurd to me. Yeah, though, no, I... For the most part, I, well, I agree with you on that 
that thing. And that has been a controversy in the AFL all year. That it's it's basically if someone gets hurt, then someone gets suspended. Which is it is a ridiculous system. system. It is a ridiculous system. But in this situation, but while the system's in place, yes, in a prelim final, you should adjudicate it the same way you've adjudicated everything else for the entire year. And he got concussed. But like, I, I think that they they didn't they end up agreeing that it was the Asprey thing. That concussed him? No. no. Because hey, no, he, 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 played, he played for 15 more minutes, he looked okay, and then Asprey elbows him in the head. No, people brought up the Asprey thing just to try to find an excuse to say it wasn't Cosby's like, fault. Why not? Question. Because he did, he was fine. He got, he got bummed, he jumped straight up. There was no... It was clearly the Cochin incident. But he, like, that was his Richmond sports like, Oh, look at this! Question. If, it was, if, if it was consensus that it was the Asprey thing, why isn't Asprey suspended? Because it was a cleaner hit. I don't know. Um, I don't think. Don't you think they like consider Asprey for suspension? I don't think. He didn't hurt him. And he... <laughs> nah. So it's almost like they, the two cancel out. It's almost like well, Cochin, Cochin says Asprey can cast him. Asprey says Cochin can cast him, and they both get off. It's just I'm Spartacus. Off. Um, I don't think the MRP ever actually got that far because they decided there was no case to answer, so there was no point in looking to. Well, what it's, the it's, actual it's, it's good. Was. Like, Kocha just put his eyes over the ball and just uh, contested the ball well. You don't believe that. The, the, <laughs> the thing which is annoying me the most about this, I think everyone I've heard in the media has said, based on the rules, he should have been suspended. However, it was the right decision to make. Because it was a grand final. What an absolute joke! It was it's, clearly the incorrect decision. Is there a bunch of apologists that think they don't think what the story should be? Like, oh, I hate this. It, it's all this. This media does the same thing every single time. They gravitate towards what the big club would want, and like trying to appease fans to get uh, hits and listens on uh, on the like the dusty story. Uh, like John Ralph stated. That they kept running stuff about it because it just attracted so much attention, and they kept running positive Richmond articles because that attracted more attention. The media Same has case. so much sway in the AFL, oh. and that it had a massive impact on the coaching team. And like, I, I, I agree with you guys that the integrity is very much in question. Um, however, stepping back from that, Richmond's already underdogs. If you take Cochin out, I think there's a fair chance of getting blown out of the water. Yeah. So I think, like, I think that from should a, be the case. From, from, from a neutral Isn't perspective, that a good thing? from a neutral perspective, like the the game gets better because Coachman's playing. But, look, I, but that can't sh- be a consideration. No, no, like this was like like putting the integrity aside for a second and just considering that fact. I think that fact's undisputable. See, here's I a, don't think they did make the decision on what what is better for the neutral and doesn't make it a closer game. I think they made the decision on what is better for Richmond in that case. I don't think they cared if if they had been Adelaide and say Sloan, who did get uh, talked about, did the same thing. I don't think I think they would have treated it the same. Like I think they would have not rubbed him out because that's what the team wants and like that's what's better for the team. I think it's a ridiculous way to do things. I, I think you can argue in the in the short term, it's. In inverted commas, better for better for the game in the sense that the grand final this weekend I think is more of a contest now that Cochin's there. But in the long term, it's terrible for the game because it, it puts a serious question mark on the integrity of the AFL there or the MRP. No, there they is, are there is no not. question mark. Like, yes, well, they, they, they I, I will be bringing this up for a long time. Like, I, this makes it very clear to me that they don't make decisions on the merits of each. Outcome. But like, this is the lot, like the latest in a long line of. Terrible. They handicapped the fucking league, for God's sakes, with the draw. Like, 
There, there is no integrity. There never has been any integrity. Why the are we turning this into hate in the AFL? Can't we just direct our hate at Richmond? I think they're both they're very they're very linked to the, 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 the point. The point the is the way. AFL wants Richmond to win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the AFL wants Victorian clubs to win, and they want big Victorian clubs to win. Or GWS. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's so weird to me that AFL could just give teams advantages, like blatant advantages that are recognised by everyone. Yeah. And then like, you just kind of look at it and just go, their advantage. Are you two saying years, like, two years later they win? Are you saying like, oh, the Are you saying the AFL should host its grand final in a city that I don't live in? Because I don't understand <laughs> your logic at all. I mean, like that's another huge advantage to Richmond. We're playing the MCG. We would get thumped at the Adelaide Oval. And yeah, the Adelaide, did get thumped at the Adelaide Oval. Adelaide won the league. They've, they've cruised through to this point. They deserve a home final. You, Absolutely. You have had two home finals. Well, including the grand final, you will have had two. Home finals that you didn't deserve. Like yeah. you've been placed yeah. into this position where you could win. The game. Absolutely. It, another reason why I hate Richmond. Can we talk? No, 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 like that, that's, not even, that's not even a hating Richmond thing. That's a, that's a that's a the integrity of the NFL just sucks. Yes, it is. But what I hate the most about it is that we're in this situation where clearly Richmond have been given every advantage to win the premiership, and Richmond supporters are still asking for more. Yeah, they just okay. they think they're above. They think they're above the competition. Mm-hmm. That that's what's driving me nuts. Self entitlement, as Banjo has been labelling it. Shock. So, like, so I, I see like, you, you're about to go into the, the Jersey Clash, and like, I just want to make another point before we get off this. That, oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> that, like, if AFL fans recognised the bias and were like, open about the bias, that, I think that would be much easier. But they, they almost like they look at the biases and go, yeah, the biases are there, but it's a fair competition. Like it's it, 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 almost like this dichotomy in like AFL fans' minds that they almost like disregard the the, the blatant advantages of, the, of certain teams. I think I think the home final stuff, the grand final at the G, the fact that you had a final against Geelong at the G, I think that's that's unavoidable. Mm. I, I don't think the AFL really could do anything mm. else. But, you but, can't but, have. But, like, I also but, but, disagree but, but, with that to a certain extent because they didn't think it was a fair. They didn't think it was a fair. Um, Competition when Brisbane and Sydney had cost of living allowances that made their salary cap significantly more competitive and gave them a competitive advantage. It's just that there's enough, there was a chorus there, there was a big enough portion of like the stakeholders in the AFL to get them to change it. It's just that the power bases in Victoria, so they don't care what doesn't. It, it, it's in their interest to disregard it. Mm. Yeah, but like, I think I think my point's more supported by like this Cochin thing of like he should have been suspended, but yeah. it was the right decision. Mm. So they're, they're they're almost going, yeah, I recognise the AFL lost its integrity completely, but that's fair. That that is exactly what the commentary yeah. has been in the media this yeah. week. That, that that sums it up. That's exactly what they have said, and that's terrible. And like, that's I, shocking. And I, I've been saying this for ages. Like the, the, like the AFL sucks. <laughs> it does have some serious question marks. I know. But anyway, let's get to the Clash Jumpers. The chorus led by KB, who has been on a pretty amusing warpath. Like, I, I do find his, him funny, but this is enough. Like, you don't deserve to be, choose your He's jumper. funny when Richmond are crap. <laughs> now that they're in a grand final, it's not funny anymore. There is a very, very clear clash between these two jumpers. I've said on AFL 360, they played the last time where they both played their traditional jumpers. And I was honestly like, I couldn't tell who was who. Like, if that was in a grand final, I would be very upset by it. And I think a lot of people would. I think a lot of people have only looked at the stills and gone, oh, you can tell what's different. Like a photograph. Because that's what I made my decision on. I haven't seen it. When it's meshed in a contest and you see him from behind, where it's basically black with some yellow, Mm. 
it like there is a very clear claim. If that was in a grand final, it would be a massive problem. You and could. of course, the lower ranked team should have to wear a clash jumper. But mate, we're playing at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know what annoys me more, Cochin or the jumper thing. Like I. Bro, I'm, I'm so angry about that. To be fair, couldn't you put Richmond in white shorts, Adelaide in blue shorts, and be fine though? Like, could, couldn't you make oh. some adjustments and make it pretty much their home jersey, but make it so you can see it? Help it the shorts helps, but I, I've also I remember once being really annoyed at a Melbourne gang. There was a mm. Melbourne Essendon, and there was a clear clash. There was black and ass with the dark blue yeah. from behind, and even with the shorts, it still does bother you a bit. Then couldn't you do what Hawthorne do with their jumper and put a white square on the back? You could potentially do that. But the clash jumpers as they are is... And Richmond's clash jumper's not that bad. I, it's I don't really, bad. The colour of yellow, the shade of yellow. I don't really have an issue with it. But that, that's where the clash jumpers like are someone at the moment. Drew it with that's a what you wear. Pen, a highlighter. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't think it's that Not bad. pro no, the shade of yellow they've gone this year. It's just, it, Richmond just think they're above it and they can just do whatever they the want. The worst take... That has been said on this was by I think his name's Tom Morris from Foxwoody. His opinion was that Richmond was a foundation club. They've had that jumper forever, and because Adelaide came in the competition ninety years later or whatever, they had the ability to make a jumper that didn't clash with anybody else's. Therefore, it is their responsibility for the clash. They should be the ones forced to wear their clash jumper, and therefore <laughs> Richmond have every was right that, to wear that. Is, he, is he a Richmond? Bloke. It's a Melbourne supporter. Oh. Well, obviously, like that—that's just such a that's just such an obvious. <laughs> Shut the hell up! How stupid is that? <laughs> oh my god! It's trying to find any reason at all. Yeah, oh, it's killing me. I mean, like it, I, what you what you said about the AFL just being able to choose who has the class jersey. That that's kind of weird as well. That is weird. Look, that's that's another big question mark on AFL. Apparently, the fact that Paul Thorne got to wear theirs two years ago. When they yeah. were the lower ranks, they'd lost to West Coast in a final. Apparently, yeah. so supposedly the AFL categorically said, "Yeah, would the AFL can pick who wears?" There's a, a tweet, by, which isn't great, but there's a tweet by their media manager or yeah. something who's just like, "Yeah, we get to choose. It doesn't so, matter." So why did they choose Adelaide? Like, why in this circumstance did they choose us to wear the clash jersey? Well, they their justification is the lower rank. No, 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 no. What happened was they were like. If we make Richmond wear the class jumper, we can make it not seem like we're doing everything in our power to make them win. If we get Cochin and Ellis off, it's balance. Integrity. That's it's, what it was. Look, it was a mirage, James. Uh, this is what it should... That's the decision now. The decision now is... I wasn't actually it. kidding. I think that's... <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fair point. Um, they've done now what it should have been, and it seems like a couple of years ago they made it. Stupid cool. But let's be honest. Um, probably based on the fact that West Coast didn't give a shit. Also, West Coast have a pretty like, oh, great just do it. clash jumper. Didn't they wear the like the retro one, the wings one? Yeah, so, so they probably just didn't cool. care. So they're like, oh yeah, we'll just pick it just to please everyone. And now there has been a controversy. They're like, no, we should make the right decision. Yeah, anyway. Are we going to actually talk about the footy? Did you think, well, what do you, do you, how good do you think Richmond are? No, I still don't see anything special. They are playing so... They're feeding off the crowd and feeding so much Yeah, they're much doing off a momentum. great job of it. But, like, I don't see any... They, none of their goals make me go, that was well-constructed, that was tasty. Like, it's all from... It is all, it's all from pressure. I, I can't see that dam not breaking at some point. 
Yeah, I, it's only has to last one more game. Huh? It's only has to last one more game. Yeah, against the team that's the best in the league by country mile about <laughs> with transitioning the ball. It's funny, I remember having like this exact discussion about the Bulldogs last year, being like, why can't the Wave go for one week longer? And we're like, nah, it'll catch up to them eventually, they won't win it. So basically what I'm saying is you have to cash in now, because I do not think you'll be great next year. Okay, so should we... Well, let's tell the, the listener the, the bet that we made. Look, I, I'm not super happy about the bet. I should have asked for some better odds, but we have a bet. If Richmond win the uh, grand final this year, Richmond won't make the eight next year. So I, you see what I, I've saying. said that. I've said that. I think, look, make the eight was a little bit extreme. I should have asked for some better odds. But I'm, <laughs> I'm very confident you wouldn't make the top four. You are not that great a side. Your mid, we were going through your midfield. Like, you have the best midfielder in the comp. Mm-hmm. Cochin's very good. Presti's alright. He's borderline elite, Cochin. Yeah, I think he's borderline, yeah. Um, Presti's alright. And then you've got a bunch of pretty average players. Guys like Grigg and Ellis, and you know how much I hate Ellis. He hasn't been a midfielder all year either. There's not a lot that really even runs through there. Your midfield's quite weak. Um, Yeah. Ken Lambert's going to be a star in the next 10 years. And then your forward line is Is just feeding off pressure. I just don't... What are you saying? Isn't he like 26? Yes. And Lev is going to be a star in 10 years. What? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't see it as being sustainable. I think you're playing off off momentum and you have to win this year. Or I don't think you will. I mean, so like, when you're thinking about it, I would call us maybe the fourth or fifth best team of the competition. Oh, I think you've been born out to be a little bit better than that. I still think Sydney were better than you. I'm not sure who else is clearly better than you. Well, Adelaide. No, that's a given. Yeah, okay. um, so you're saying, you're saying we could be third? I think GWS yeah. are a better team. Yeah, but they were on the balance of the year they weren't because they had so many injuries and Leon Cameron coached really poorly. Mm. Oh, I, can see, I can see a lot of teams jumping in next year. Yeah. Should we talk about GWS for just a little bit? You know, What do we see going forward with them? They've re-signed absolutely everybody, except for Devin Smith, but they didn't even play him. I still look. It's not looking like they're going to win eight in a row, but I still think they're going to be a very, very hard team to beat for a long time. They'll, they sh- if they don't get two flags from this lot, they yeah. have failed. Yeah, I agree. The, I didn't. This, I do not think this was a poor performance by them. I thought it was a pretty good effort to be the best team in the first half, and then third quarter they just they went to water a little bit. Eventually, just overwhelmed them. Yeah, the, and the pressure in the crowd and the fact that they had probably their, one of their top three midfielders out. Yeah, it didn't help from the outset. And Stevie killed them with his. Two brown that, fades in a minute. That was a poor selection choice. It had to be Devin that was, Smith. That was kind of sad. They were carrying one too many old... They couldn't not blokes. pick him though after the semi-final. No, they had to yeah. fake an injury if they were going to not pick him. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, they probably should have. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you had to pick him. You never know what he could bring. But, like, he's not consistent he can, and he just had the best game. He can bring a lot mile. of bad as well, yeah. which is exactly what he did. Like, if you're playing forward... And you're, you're struggling to kick the ball 40 metres. Surely that's massive red flag. Yeah, that's almost yeah. time to retire. Yeah. It's funny. It, it's very much just <laughs> a... funny that. Stevie's been a wizard in big moments at times. Let's just see if he can do it. Yeah, he's a Norm Smith medalist. Like, he's been a big game player for his yeah. entire career. Oh, well. Anyway. Can we just... Uh, I just want to plug, plug my boys. Dustin Martin, for a shy guy, he loves the big moment. Like, he, when he gets big moments, he's, 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 he's not field. shy yes. on the football field. He's not shy at all on the football he's field. He's amazing. The Brownlow medal interview. Mm, I liked it. Nah. I thought it was really endearing. It was about 15 minutes too long. It was kind of cute. It was kind of, you could see how much he just was hating it. I don't it was think, cute I don't think Bruce struggling. reported 
him at all, though. I don't think he... I don't think he did a good job of making comfortable up there. I think he made it really awkward for him. He didn't do any of the hard work that would have made Dusty feel more... Just feel better about the entire thing. I don't think there's a lot Bruce could have done. I think you have to ask the question. You can't get him I up on the stage like asking Bruce. two questions and then send him away. You yeah. just can't do that in that moment. I thought he... He tried, he tried no. Bruce, and Dusty wasn't going to give The problem was they started with the creepy over-the-shoulder shot. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that, that was super <laughs> creepy. I don't think he had the arm rub going this time, though. I reckon he was a bit scared. Did he Dusty. call him? Did he call the thing special? That was a sports bet. I don't think so. I don't think I heard anything about special. He was probably very... Somebody aware. lost a lot of money on that. <laughs> but anyway, let's move oh, on. No, no, like a moment of the night for the Brownlow. Jeremy Howe, he didn't get mark of the year. <laughs> He should have bloody got Mark. Oh, of the absolutely, year. he should have. But like, just his reaction and not winning it was just hilarious. Yeah, and it was. I, I would have reacted the same way. That was a complete shock. We were sitting with the painter powers. And <laughs> they showed a replay of Joe Danaher's mark that won. Like 10, oh, yeah. 15 minutes later, goes. That's a better mark than the one he won with. It's the exact same mark. <laughs> it was from the same camera. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's finally move on to Adelaide Geelong. This was an impressive performance. 10-goal yeah. win. These two finals, Adelaide have put down a serious sort of marker. The, yeah. the, the class in which they have played with under heat in finals is actually super special. If they win, this could go down as one of the most dominant final series you'll ever see. Like Not they if they win by a point. No, but like if they win comfortably, and I think they will, you'll look at it go, they won every game by 40 points or more. Yeah, I, I don't think you have any right to play the way Adelaide did on Friday night in a final. I, I, no team, in a home and away, no mm. team can find space in the corridor in the way that they did. But to do that under that sort of pressure and to take those risks moving into the corridor and hitting it every time, was it was pretty special. They are the most brazen team in the league by a mile. It's ridiculous how well they link up through the middle from halfback. They're not... They, they switch it about a... Try and centre it about a kick earlier than... You think they should, and it just always seems to work off. So many teams will just bomb it down the line to sort of that shallow pocket where the 50 meets the boundary line, yep. and hope for a contest there, and then try and set up with forward pressure and things. Adelaide will never attempt that kick. They always bring the ball inboard, and then that opens the field up and opens so many more avenues for goal. Yes, it's more dangerous when you turn the ball over, but their foot skills off half-back make it impossible to stop. And I, like, I don't understand how... They do find that space in the corner. Like, quite often... Always Tom Lynch. On his, yeah, normally Always Tom Just standing on his own in the middle of the ground, and you just... They, they just... Every time they sort of move it out of the half-back how many, line, see him How many more seasons of him being, like... 50% of the reason their forward line functions, do we take before we start rating him properly? I've been rating him for a while. Do you remember I was... Because he used to... Put, he no, was linked to Melbourne. Yeah, there was some rumors <laughs> who come to Melbourne. I was like, shit, yeah. Like, he would be huge. There had to be a reason. He, no, he, like, he's a really, really good player. Yeah, I can't believe Zenkilda let him go. He gets... When you talk about his forward line, he's the fourth or fifth person mentioned. You talk about Tex, sometimes Eddie, the Jenkins. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. McGovern, he's, he's probably getting more... He's a better player than Tex. He's more important. Yeah. Tex goes missing all the time. Yeah, which he did on Friday as well. He started well and ended well, so I wasn't as critical as a lot of people were, but he was really quiet through the middle. Yeah. But he, like, he could be huge on, on Saturday. I can't see him. I think Richmond match up really well against Tex. I don't think they'll have to worry about him. Grimes is a great mess. Asper goes to him, though? 
Yeah, that's still be fine. Asprey's a really good one on on defender. I could see Grimes doing a pretty good job on uh, on Lynch, but I think they'll send it to Betts, which I don't think works out well for Richmond. Hmm. Yeah, who else we got at Betts? There's not a whole heap of options because most of their smaller defenders are rebounders. Yeah. It was also nice seeing Charlie Cameron kick a bag. He he's was, so good when he's on. He every time there was. Geelong would make would make a push and look like they're coming back. Charlie Cameron would do something special. I'm not Set sure if he's actually the quickest player in the comp, but he looks the quickest player he in the comp. Do. When he comes off the back of the square and oh. gets possession, it's, it's quite... It's and quite his rough. acceleration just seems... Everything seems to move quicker. I think it's because he's really skinny, so he's got like that blur going. But it's ridiculous how quick his legs look like. I moving. think it, uh, one of the best things about finals is those okay sort of players who play a good final and all of a sudden yeah. get really rated. That'll happen with Charlie Cameron. There's also Rioli's... Except he's apparently got Rioli's, The Brisbane. opinion on him will go higher. Oh, that's well. shot through the roof already. He, did, he could he could not get a yeah, kick and it, it nearly... It'll, it'll go to... He was bloody good. He was incredible. Yeah. He was rich with That'll go to player. another level. I think those two were kind of... For me, were the standouts for mm. the weekend in the sense that they played far above what I was expecting. Yeah. He was, sorry, he was rich with... In most similar sort of roles. Rioli. Yeah, I thought he was. He kicked a, he kicked freakish goals every well, time. Can they you say it. that when Trent Cochin actually played well and took a a really damaging player? <laughs> no, he like he had a two pronged <laughs> impact on the game. It was both really positive for Richmond. I was walking out of that game, loving my take. I was like, Richmond, uh, Trent Cochin's won that game single handedly for Richmond and lost the grand final single handedly for Richmond. <laughs> but they didn't fucking suspend him, so it didn't work. <laughs> also, how good's Jake Lever? It's going to be really good when he's in red and blue, and he's going to win the Norm Smith this, this weekend. I already told Whitey that. Get on him. He's, uh, he's now $51. Add another look. Jump on him. So he's, he's, gone, he's gone from 41 to 51, and now you're more confident. <laughs> He got, he got one vote. In the if round. it's a win, <laughs> a chance of getting best on the ground in the grand final. Um, but nah, he's bloody good. He just doesn't make a mistake. Yeah. Go back to Charlie Cameron. How cute is it? How much Eddie Betts gets around him? Yeah. Eddie Betts absolutely loves him. Yeah. Eddie just he had so much fun that night. Yeah. Like he was he had a big smile on his face hmm. the entire night. Eddie Betts is a cool huge danger factor going into the final. I mean, he's overrated, but yeah, he's pretty good. Like he's in good form. <laughs> Like yeah. He's been playing very well recently. He's finally over his appendix, getting taken out. He did, he did play a good game. Well, he kicked that goal early on out of a stoppage. And he and set up like, Cameron's first. All right, that was pretty good. That he was set up Cameron's first with something pretty special as well. Yeah. He's, you do underrate him, Scott. You just do. I mean, like, having, having watched this against Geelong, how sad is it that Sydney wasn't there? Like, it, a firing Sydney against Adelaide would be an awesome prelim. Yeah. Oh, that was a bit Yeah, but also... Could we say that Sydney would actually fire, given what well, they've like, Maybe not, but like if they did. Yeah. I mean, like that, that would be the only way that that pretty would have been fun. This is yeah. one of the worst final series of all time. Mm. Like, there's been one yeah. good game. I, would, I, was de- I was determined Saturday night was going to be a good one, especially halfway through the third quarter when it was still close. Mm. We finally got one that's going down the wire, and then it was over. I don't, <laughs> know, what you, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I think it's been a fantastic final series. <laughs> <laughs> I was just not going to dignify that with a response. I, I actually, I, I didn't. Geelong weren't terrible. They started slowly, and then I thought they had a real sort of crack to pull it was back. But fairly, Adelaide was just so. It good. was fairly similar to the way they lost the first, the prelim last year. They got blitzed early, and then just didn't have a chance. They yeah. were fine after that. Yeah, probably. But they it just was over by quarter time. They, they had a, they had a good second quarter. A lot of players stepped up, but mm. Adelaide just Ad- responded every time. Adelaide's first quarter was like, yeah. It was the most impressive quarter of footy I think I've ever seen. 
in terms of like big call, but did you see North? Yeah, uh, uh, did you see North kick ten goals four against Adelaide well, earlier this year? That, that wasn't a preliminary final. In the pressure, with that, of the with that sort of heat on to pull off what they managed to do so consistently, yeah. it was quite and the goals and they kicked. <laughs> the goals they kicked were not like. They weren't easy goals that they constructed and made Geelong look silly. And they also weren't, like, pressure goals that they got turnovers. They were goals where they put the ball in, say, forward 50. It was a contest, but they won the contest every time and kicked truly from it. Like, those are impressive goals to, to be able to pull off consistently. And they have to be, Richmond. Also, I, I, I almost feel like it's more impressive they do in the first quarter because it, it means they're not, like... Just outworking, especially having all, played one all... game in a month. Mm. Yeah, but like you, you've really like you've smashed them. Like yeah. you, you've got them at their, you've at their max them. fitness, and you've smashed yeah. them. And it was all about the Power Ranger stance. That, that's what did it. Really. <laughs> yeah. I hate the fact people are jumping on the Power Ranger stance. I'm gonna give a toss. I do like the idea that Richmond should try and do something disrespectful in return. Like, <laughs> it's the same way I think about the Harker. Yes, you can do it, but that doesn't mean I don't have a right to do something stupid as well. No, the hug is stupid. That was, <laughs> that was misworded. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Liam. Yeah, I was like, Liam will not be happy with you. Um, anyway, We're let's move on. on. We've got a top five. It's a bit of a boring one, isn't it? It's going to be a great one, Scott. I think you should talk this up. It's top five most valuable players in the league. So the players that mean the most to their teams. Honourable mention. First off, I'm going to jump in because we're talking about a man... A myth, a legend. Daniel Wells. Uh, Almost. (laughs) (laughs) He is Collingwood's most important player, and it's just been shown by the fact that they win when he's playing and they lose when he's not. He's definitely not in the top five, and I hate the fact you can make some sort of an argument. He's like Delidio (laughs) from two years ago. They just couldn't win without him. Yeah, it's similar to that, isn't it? And it's the same sort of role. Like He's the only guy that can kick inside 40. You think he shouldn't be that important, but every time he plays, it's so much better. And they're like, oh yeah, he is really, really good. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. I've got a couple of honourable mentions for no other reason than I've found it really hard to pick five. And these were the two I wanted to slot in. Uh, Josh Kennedy from West Coast. I wanted to put him in. And Fair Rance enough. as well. I didn't quite sneak him in. Yeah, I have Josh Kennedy in. Rance is a fairly obvious one. I went with the opinion that you can't have more than one most valuable player. So. Yeah, from the same team. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> well, that might be a bit of a spoiler. I, I think people can tell who's going to be in there for Richmond. Last year, Rance would definitely be in there. The fact that we have now the rise of Asprey and Grimes is a little bit... It, it's yeah, it not takes away a little strong. bit from his last He's stuff. still super important. He kind of gels them together. Yeah, and the but, fact that Dusty is just like the best player in the competition. God, Asprey's been good this year. Uh, but anyway, my number five, or do you have any more? No, you're going first. Yeah, this I am is, going for him. Taking control. <laughs> Tom Mitchell. He is a one-man Tom midfield. Tom Mitchell, yeah. They cannot win a contested possession unless Tom Mitchell wins it. It's ridiculous. I just find it very hard to sustain this argument when he enters a team and they are the worst that they've been in for a very long time. But then I he's, don't he's would... not the reason they've been I worse. know he's not, but I, 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 just, I don't feel like he's, he's someone who can just hold them up. I, I, I don't feel he's at that level. I think they would have fallen apart without him this year. Oh, and Clarkson, obviously. I, I don't know. I'm less confident on that. I, he was incredible. He came third in the Brownlow for a reason. He just... I know. He's bloody good. He's set the records for most possessions. Like, he just is that midfield. They don't win a single possession without him. How important was he, do you reckon, at Sydney? I don't think he was that important. 
No, because they had people around him, and that's the crux of my argument. There is no one there. If they don't have Tom Mitchell winning it, they're relying on the ghost of Jago O'Meara. There's no one else. Yeah, yeah you, you make a good argument, but I, I, still, I think it's difficult to argue it, based on the fact that they were Rejected on its presence, premise. <laughs> anyway, who's your fifth? Uh, my fifth, I've gone with Nick Nat. I think he's just so important to the way the West Coast play. Um, we always talk about the fact they have no sort of spark. He's Using your own argument against you, though, they were finished in the exact same position they did last year, out in the first week of finals. Yeah. Oh, no, they improved. They were in the second week of finals. Yeah, okay, but they shouldn't have been. They weren't, they weren't as good a team this year. I don't think they were. And no. I, they scraped through to where they did. Um, I think they would have finished... They would have done much, much better this year if Nick Nat was in there. And I think next year we will, we will remember like how important he is to their midfield. See, I think we're going to have another one of... We'll be able to have the same argument next year because Prittis and Mitchell will be gone and they won't have a midfield and it will be all his good work will go to waste. I don't think we're going to get an answer on this. <laughs> yeah, possibly. But look, Ruck, Ruck is the most important position on the ground. We know that. And I think he is the most important Ruck. My number four is Josh Kennedy you from... Do, from West Coast. You've got Josh Kennedy there. He yeah. is their fourth line. Like, the only in the thing same you, way Tom Mitchell's Hawthorne's midfield. He's just that much The only way you can argue else. about that is he came in in the back half of the year and they had a lot of games where he kicked six goals and they kept losing. <laughs> but again, not his fault. Not because of I, look, I agree with you. I had him as an honourable mention. I wanted to slot him in. Um, He's just, oh, he is their fourth line. You're right. He is what... He does what Tom Lynch does but playing close to goal and it's incredible that he finds space. And they look, they kick it to him all the time, but they should. He's really good. He's he's done what he does for too long to keep sort of ignoring him. Like yeah. he is underrated. One, two or three Coleman's already. He does it every year. He's a yeah. freak. Can, can we talk about how we think West Coast is going to do next year? We can. How do you think West Coast can do next year? Pretty poorly. Yeah, I'm, like I, I'm, my take is that it's a pretty dark time to be a West Coast fan. I think they're just kind of like they're, they're kind of bordering on mediocrity, I guess, aren't they? Yeah, like, they, they, they were good a couple of years ago, and then now they're kind of bordering on mediocrity, yeah, and they're they, going downhill. They won't bottom out. Um, they need to have a good, good off season. If they can bring in a couple of good mids, they'll be like they'll ninth be to twelfth, I guess. Really? Yeah, probably. No, I think that's the darkest place to be in there. Hell. Someone's an NBA. Yeah, fan. but I, I think <laughs> I think they have some sort of structure in their list and I don't think it takes too much to flesh that out but it will take some a, a good effort over the off season I'll need to bring in some pretty good players to be fair the problems you're stating uh, saying West Coast have are the same problems I thought North would have and be able to fix quite easily and that didn't turn out as well as I thought it would yeah that's because no one wants to go to North because you're an irrelevant football club who wants to go to um, West Coast my number Western four Australia, the <laughs> <early> Australian <laughs> My number they f- want to secede from the country for fuck's sake. This has been a very casual pod. We've just talked about whatever we want to talk about. Whatever. Uh, number four, I've gone with uh, Gaza. I still think Gary Ablett is that important. He has been for so long. And this year, when he was in the team, it was astonishing how much better Gold Coast were. Like they, they, every time they won a game, you'd be like, probably because Ablett The best game he played all year, they lost. Was that the one we watched together? Yeah, we had like 40 North. matches and 4 goals yeah. I, I can make a Tom Mitchell argument If he wasn't in there They would have lost by 100 points or something Fair enough the, Throughout the course of the year It was very obvious Whenever he wasn't playing They were a significantly lesser team Yeah, yeah. So would you say On the flip side though The reason they don't try Is because Gary Ablett doesn't try And he's their leadership Comments I, I don't see how you can 
make that comment? Like, I don't... Is it like what is your basis for that? That's just based on the media articles. Like, there was a few media articles about him being a bad teammate. Yeah, but, like, he yeah. clearly doesn't care I've, I've about never the club and moved there for, for money. Like, he's, he wants to leave. He's requested a trade. And I think that's... Uh, I think you can make an argument that that's been sort of spread through the group and is part of the reason they're so lackadaisical. Like... Everyone I plays think like Aaron Hall. would be so much worse if he wasn't around. Of course they would, but there might be a better culture. No, I don't think that. Okay, you agree to disagree. Would you say he's worth uh, Mitch Duncan? We'll get to that. <laughs> Probably so not. That's one of the questions. <laughs> okay, I apologise. Uh, number three, I got Buddy. Okay, I have Buddy at uh, two. Oh, interesting. Buddy he is Sydney's Ford life, which general theme here is I'm picking the guys that are one man bands <laughs> yeah. but he's so good they they kick the ball to him an unbelievable amount and you don't think of Sydney as a team that would get sucked into that but his vortex is just so great that if he's in the area you don't have another option it's one of those things if you sat down and really thought about it and you were trying to pick a player to start a team he would for, for 10 years he would definitely be above any of those midfielders but what, what he has done for actually a young buddy yeah if you, if you could pick if you could go to a yeah. draft and pick a, a, a Franklin to play for 10 years or pick a Dustin Martin to play for 10 years you'd go with buddy yeah do you, do you not think it's a little damning to his career that he leaves a Hawthorne team they don't skip a beat and then he can never win a premiership with Sydney even after Sydney won a flag before he got there yeah he could have easily have won a premiership with Sydney. They, they've been a very good team with him there, and he's been a massive part of it. And they've had a couple of poor grand finals. And they probably should. They were favourites for both of them. Like, there's no real... I don't know. I, I, I struggle with that one. I, don't, I think you had to do it if you're Sydney. You had to bring him up. And I don't think it's been... I don't think it hasn't worked. But they have, it hasn't worked as well as they would have hoped. Mm. Keep in mind, their last year at Hawthorne as well, during the finals, he basically played as a dummy forward. Hmm. They got to the point where they were, like, we're relying too much on Buddy and then effectively played him as a, as a dummy. What really happened like, there was they just knew that he wasn't coming back, so they wanted to learn how to play without him. Maybe, and, but and their team probably became better when he became a dummy forward. Yeah. But well, they decided to win the final series. They were just going to learn to play without him? No, the second <laughs> half of the year. Okay. And like, it kept going. And then but you've he, always got the option of, fine, let's kick it to Buddy. Yeah. Roughhead won the Coleman that year, I think, or something like that. Really? They turned him into a stick. Yeah. They turned him into the main uh, forward. Anyway, my number three, I've gone with Paddy at three. So I had, My number two. Yeah, so we just switched them around. Yeah. I think Paddy is a better player than Dusty. Why is he not higher then on your list? Because I think <laughs> the supporting cast in the midfield that... Uh, Geelong uh, have is better than what Richard has. So you're going with the value. See, I'm... I absolutely love Paddy. I've always loved Paddy. Mm. I've actually got a slight question mark on him after this final series. I, I really? don't see him as a big game player. I thought the first final he was very poor. Obviously, he was good in the second final. Mm. Um, I don't think he was as good as everyone thought he was. And he played a really big 15 minutes on the weekend. Wasn't that great outside of that. I've seen him try to do too much in finals before. I don't think... Due to his ball use question marks... I don't think he impacts a game as much as a Dusty does. Though, no, fair enough. I think, yeah, they're, they're, those are all fair question marks. I just think Danger is a more flexible player. They, they, like, they can both go forward really, really well, but Dangerfield has the overhead 
aspect to his game that Dusty just doesn't. And I D- think that's Dusty separates played him. predominantly forward on the weekend and was so significant there. Yeah, but it was uh, it was kick it to him, let it bounce, and then watch him create with the ball on the ground. At yeah. no point did you back him in to win a marking contest. And he doesn't lose marking contests, but he doesn't... If he was to play as a real forward where he tried to use as an option coming out of defence occasionally, I don't think he'd be, he'd be able to do that. And I think yeah. when you go into the back half of their careers... I think that'll bear out more. I don't think he's a... He's not a bad mark, Dusty. He's buddy-like. Oh, he gets his hands know, to the he, ball, he, but he doesn't win, really take them. He wins them. marking contests. Yeah, but he, oh, he wins marking contests with strength that... Uh, that pushes someone out of the way and takes a chest yeah, mark. He, yeah, does, yeah. he doesn't He doesn't. have the overhead hands. Yeah, that, 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 Danger, that, that, Danger does have good hands. Yeah. So, uh, Danger has added that to his game, to be fair. Like, he didn't have that anywhere near as much in his younger years. But... So Dusty could, theoretically... Yeah, I, I, I just think Dusty goes through those patches in games where every time he touches the ball, there is a goal as a result. Danger doesn't do that to the same extent. Yeah, that's fair. We that's both fair. have Dusty's number one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we uh, I think we gave that one away. Um, for the whole year, we talked about Geelong as like a two-star team. Their midfield is very good outside Selwood and Dangerfield. No, the problem not. was Duncan no. Guthrie. Guthrie's not Other great. I love Duncan. Guthrie. Duncan had a pretty solid final series of people talking about him higher. I don't think he's... He's not an A-grader. He's not he's far off. Class. He's not much different to Cochin. He's just an outside boot. Yeah, Cochin's not that oh, great. The problem with Selwood <laughs> wasn't that good. That's the real problem that no one wants to talk about. Selwood wasn't that good this year. He wasn't that good the year before. Your, your opinion of Cochin's football skill has gone significantly downhill because of a decision made by the AFL. No, no, that's not true. I've actually never liked Cochin. I was furious that he got a Brownlow medal. He is going to be, if Richmond win, he's going to be the worst Brownlow medalist and premiership captain of all time. He's going to be like three of them, but he's definitely <laughs> clearly the worst. He won't care. He'll be laughing. He's the Bob Murphy of uh, 300 game. Two dumb Australians. It's <laughs> not a good enough bloke. Um, mailbag. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, first up, how have we gone for forty-six minutes on <laughs> two games? Importantly, why would you say that while we're recording? <laughs> <laughs> how should the AFL change the ticketing structure to make it more fair and make fans be able to go? You just get rid of corporate seats. But they're not going to do it because it makes too much money. They can't do that. Okay. This brings it back to the central theme of the podcast. The AFL has no integrity. Yeah. <laughs> the AFL sucks. <laughs> it, is, it is a bit sad. I mean, they're, they're locked in corporate tickets for a lot of people who don't care. Every single club gets a thousand tickets. That's really? ridiculous. That's wow. 16,000 tickets going to people that expressly don't care about the game. <laughs> like, so the, the, way you, the way you get... Compare it to the old days where if you wanted a ticket... The most dedicated person would get it because you go camp all week outside yeah. the G and get a ticket. But these days, the way you get a ticket is you know someone who can get you a ticket, or you've got good internet connections. Like you, you can get online quickly. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's a bit. Yeah, it is a bit sad. The only people that can line up to get a ticket and do that is MCC members who are like rich and fine anyway like yeah. <laughs> they're not the type of people that need that sort of India. do you guys know who gets the money from the ticket sales for the grand final because there's no the AFL does so. and then they, they there is a portion of it that goes to the clubs but it's mostly to the AFL right which yeah. is the same way <laughs> the AFL's run I mean, as a top down structure so that happens 
like remarkably often. Um, most of the revenue for the AFL goes to the AFL and is distributed. Really? Yeah. So like even home away, home away games? Yeah, the, the AFL gets a big cut of that. Really? Yeah, because that's how they fund junior programs and things like that. Oh, okay. And there is redistribution, but a lot of it comes from ticket sales. And as it should, because clubs, they're favourable fixtures economically that are given out to bigger clubs because the AFL wants to maximise profits, but that's why the redistribution happens. Would Richmond get more money from like 70,000 people going to the game than like Northwood having like 25,000 people? Yes, yeah. because of the stadium deals. Uh, North, all Eddie had teams have a famously crappy deal with Eddie had because there was a push to get them there because it was a brand new stadium the AFL wanted it filled and the AFL already had in place a option to buy it in 20 years or something. They've bought it now, but they haven't actually been renegotiated, which is a sneaky big story that nobody's talking about. That is a sneaky big story. It affects the uh, viability of four different clubs in a massive way, and it's just not talked about. God, this is just like... We should, name going deep. <laughs> we should just name this pod, like, the Integrity is Dead. <laughs> the death of it's definitely integrity. the conspiracy pod. <laughs> Um, but anyway, <laughs> it was meant to be the Angie Richmond pod. I'm very disappointed. I do feel like I let us down that I wasn't fired up enough. But we'll move on. What's Gary Ablett worth? Mitch Duncan has been the request, which is a little too much. They ain't getting Mitch Duncan. The guy's playing for one, maybe two more years. I don't know. What would you give up if you were Geelong? I wouldn't give up a second round draft pick. Oh, I think I would. I think if you put I guess in the I, forward line, he, he, he would have the possibility of lifting you to a flag. He'd still play midfield 50% of the time, I reckon. And a midfield with Selwood, Ablett and Danger is I, the best. I, I think I'd predominantly play him for. I think he has injury issues. And I think... I think he, that's that's yeah, a tack. Oh, no, that's a big not, tack. Okay, no, I think he has, he has injury <laughs> issues. I think you'd plop him in the forward pocket for a... The majority of the season. Put him in the midfield occasionally, yeah. Yeah, you I use think him as a way to so get danger to play forward when he's resting. Just swap him. Yeah, true. Um, I, I think he would be, if he's fit, like you have a good medical of him, mm. if he's fit, he, he's, he could lift them to a flag. I yeah. think he could be that significant. I still wouldn't give, like their first pick's pick 20, Geelong. I don't think I'd give that. That's too high. That's yeah, practically a first. Quite, quite late, wouldn't it? Mm. But, mm. I I would give pick 30-something. That feels about right. But when you don't have the scope for any long-term gain, I wouldn't be willing to give up. A, like The kid could turn into a 10-year player, and five years is a reasonable return on but, but I think I'd give a 25, I guess. But like, could you imagine the situation where within the Geelong club they believe they're like one piece away from winning a premiership? I think they think they're two pieces away because they're also going for Stringer. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they should be going for Stringer. But. <laughs> that's, that's very risky. I would not be going for Stringer at the expense of both Motlop and Menzel. I don't think you get enough from Stringer that you don't get from those two already. Yeah, I think because they're, they're all they're really flaky. similar. <laughs> they're all very talented and really flaky. It's weird that they're trying to push two out and they're like, oh, now the the next <laughs> inconsistent talented player. Let's get him in in their place. In a certain yeah. aspect, you're getting that with yeah. Gary Albert as well. It's just inconsistent that I've been playing. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can get if you play in him forward and he's fit enough nah like he, he could be that could be really special yeah. would you consider resting him throughout the year so he's fit for finals absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'd really <laughs> well they, they've got a game plan they can get them to second on the ladder two yeah. years in a row it's absolutely. finals that are the problem and absolutely top end talent yeah. but anyway next question 
This is my favourite question. What would be the most Richmondy way to finish the final? Uh, the obvious one is they, they're five goals up early in the last quarter. Game's called over, fans are going nuts, and then they get run over the top. Yeah. There has to be an element of hope involved. Yeah, exactly. My preferred option is that happens, but then on top of that, they make a comeback at the end. Try and they've got a mark, Jonathan Paddenstale, 30 out, not a big angle, clock's ticking down, handball over the top to Dan Butler, as stated by James. Siren goes, they lose. Look, it'd be a great, it'd be a great moment. I'd prefer it to be. Cochin? No. Whose fault would I want that to be? <laughs> Cochin after this week. <laughs> Cochin can't kick against the wind, so that's not a. Not a way. I mean, Jack, Jack Rewald's our best set shot. It's not really a wind at the gym. Yeah, but Jack Rewald doesn't feel enough. Like, he doesn't feel monumental enough. And Dusty, like, wouldn't do it because he's... Oh, no, yes, he would. He gives... Oh, yeah. Dan Butler runs from 30 metres behind him and he'll handball <laughs> the ball to him. Yeah, Dusty, that'll happen. It'd be one of the great finals moments. That's for sure. <laughs> it actually would. It would be the greatest finals moment of all time. Yep. Better than Von Capelli out marking Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's better than that. Uh, but anyway, let's get to our tips. Uh, Adelaide, Brisbane. <laughs> you <laughs> remember the game this week? Last I was pretty happy with myself. Who you got? I'm going to go Adelaide. We're gonna, we should pick a margin. I think we should. 37 points. Oh, theft. Europe. I'm going to make the take. If it rains, Richmond win. Okay, and do you think it'll rain? I think Adelaide will win, but if it rains, I'm judging my tip. I think uh, last I heard, it was like a 60% chance of showers in the morning mm. or something, so it's not going to be bad rain, I don't think. Okay. I think it's Saturday, it was 50-50 chance of rain, and I was hearing people on the radio go, what the fuck is the use for the weather forecast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got Adelaide. If Richmond get within 40 points, I've done well. So I'm pretty much the same as you. No, pick, pick a number, though. 40. Okay. <laughs> Alright, we are pretty similar. So, so, what, what, what did you say? You said 37? Yeah. I mean, I'll go Adelaide by 36. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be exciting to see who wins. Uh, Norm Smith? Norm Smith. I, if Richmond win, Dusty, and it's no other option. Um, they're not going to win, so... Fair point. Um, ooh, Adelaide. Matt Crouch. There'll be a whoops, we didn't give him enough brown low votes. Yeah, there is a little bit of that at the moment. Everyone's mm. really trying hard to rate him because they've well, they he was an all Australian and he didn't get any. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jake Lever for so me. J- j- just follow up on this. <laughs> can, can we throw a bit of uh, integrity shame at the, the brown low as well for um, not giving Dangerfield the due vote? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what is it? 36 touches, 12 clearances, two goals. Someone gets 30 touches and four clearances, gets a three. Oh, it is ridiculous. Yeah. They absolutely counted the votes went, whoops, Gillen, we can't have this happen. Dylan would have looked at it and be like, ah, oh, let's just bury dangers. Yeah. <laughs> let's rewrite let's this card. Let's just give it to Duncan. And we can't was. do it on the last week because it'll be too obvious. Absolutely, that's what hey, happened. Your, I'm Jakey Lee. We'll have 15 intercept marks and we're <laughs> on Smith. Who's here? Do you have Whitey? Well, I'm going Dusty. I'm going Dusty regardless of the win or lose. Okay. All right. Nathan Buckley-esque. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway... Thanks for listening. Who's Dusty if Richmond win. Oh, yeah, that's right. Crouch if they didn't. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we sort of meandered a bit. I can't believe we made it to an hour. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back next week with a wrap-up. We might do it straight after the yeah, grand yeah, final. Yeah. Who knows? Tipsy pod. Always good fun. Good fun. If Richmond win, I'll join you. <laughs> and if not, we won't speak to you for a month. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening.